Welcome back to Bailey, presented Bed MGM. Eddie Gross, the not festive, not dancing. Good hit as much. Brad, so let's talk college football here. And as soon as we got to the offseason, what was the very first bet that you made? Uh, Georgia to become the first uh, three-peat team uh, in, in cool. about 90 years. I, I bet them plus 375 to win the title. So uh, I don't regret that bet now that we're, you know, it's been four months because I made that bet uh, during the title game. I just saw a book happen to have it already posted. So I think they're in better shape than what they were, at least at this time last year. And last year's team went 15-0. and 0. So I like the quarterback. I obviously love the talent level. I think as long as they can – keep the outside distractions at bay a little bit. And that's been probably the biggest concern this off season. And you look at their schedule where they're going to be a significant, and I mean significant favorite in 11 of their 12 games. I just, I see a minimum there at least be in the playoff. Brad, uh, what has jumped out? And we can even go back to last off season, but what has jumped out is something where you think the market is a little bit soft right now because there are so many things changing, obviously with the transfer portal. We all know that. And, and every year you have coaching upgrades, coaching downgrades, whether we're talking about the head coach or not too. I mean, the OC uh, just as big in certain situations. Um, where, where do you prefer to attack or where are you seeing some, some softer spots in the market where, you know what, uh, they've got this graded wrong this transfer is worth much more, not worth as much. Where where are you kind of looking? Oh, wow. Loaded question. Uh, I think generally speaking, they, they do not have the transfer portal uh, figured out yet, and that probably even includes me. Uh, I mean, because last year I did not expect Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly to, to get those two programs uh, up to speed as quickly as they did, but obviously they took advantage of the transfer portal and did so. Uh, but I just think there's mispricing across the board. I mean, I have bet over 100 win totals already. So uh, I just see such disparity. It's not like I think I have significant edges. It's just that they, they're created because the books are so unsure. I mean, there's a bunch of teams that their win totals are, are being hung. I'm not talking a half game difference. I'm talking a game, game and a half. In some cases, two games different. I mean, you're only playing 12 games. So, I mean, if you're going to have that kind of disparity, I'm going to take advantage. So, I just don't think with all the turnover, whether it be the roster, even the coaches, the movement, I mean, even a guy like myself, I mean, I, I work on college football 365. I mean, it, it, it requires full-time effort, even 365. I can't imagine being a sports guy and have to deal with, you know, six to ten other sports and have to figure out college football. Wow, over 100 win totals. I can't wait to ask you about some of your favorite. But I want to go back to Georgia really quick. Because I know you're really high on them. You think they'll three-peat. So when it comes to the Heisman, would you look at Carson Beck? Because I know he's garnered a lot of attention. Yeah, so that would probably be my favorite Heisman bet. I made nine of them, all quarterbacks, all on teams that I think can at least contend to make a playoff on. I mean, that's kind of my formula. And I'm not afraid to bet the guys that are 20-1 to 1 or greater. Carson Beck. Watch the spring game, and I made the bet right as I'm watching it. He was 40 to one at the time. I just thought, man, they're throwing the ball down the field. The new offense looks good. I, I think he's got a lot better arm talent than obviously Stetson Bennett. And I know people are going to say, ah, the Georgia offense isn't going to lend itself to 
to getting enough stats for him to win the Heisman. I mean, Stetson Bennett did finish fourth last year. And, again, I think Carson Beck's a better talent than Stetson Bennett. So, I mean, you're going to give me 40-1 to at that time on the starting quarterback for the number one team in the country? Hell, yeah, I love that bet. <laughs> we we do have similar processes when it comes to uh, betting on the Heisman, at least at this time of the year. And definitely one of the things I do is make sure that I don't bet on the favorite uh, just because so many things can happen. And I think voters like that element of surprise, so to speak. And so uh, to me, going against Caleb Williams makes a lot of sense. Yet at the same time, when you look at USC, you look at, say, their transfer rankings of uh, from 24-7 sports. They rank fourth right now. Uh, they were one win shy of making the college football playoff. Uh, is it time that we're going to see some uh, Pac-12 action uh, breakthrough nationally? Yeah, possibly. I mean, I did one of the win totals, I bet. I mean, well, was USC over nine and a half? I mean, not only because my numbers called for, but I also anticipated. I mean, that would be a very popular public type play. I mean, you look at it. They're going to be favored in 10 of their 12 games. There's a couple of toss-up games at Notre Dame and at Oregon, but they're not going to be. Even if they are underdogs in those games, I mean, it'll be a short underdog. So uh, I like what I saw, uh, not, not only in the spring, but I like what I saw actually post-spring because, I mean, a couple of the notes I jotted down was they're not there yet. I'm talking USC at the line of scrimmage. They're going to need another guy on the offensive line, another guy on the defensive line. What did USC do post-spring? Went out and got the best offensive lineman that was currently in the transfer portal at that time and got the best defensive lineman, Bear Alexander from uh, Georgia uh, on the defensive line to help out a big guy, you know, 300 plus pounds. So the fact that they were willing to do that, I think went from being, Hey, they're, they're, they're probably the PAC 12 favorite to, Hey, this team can legitimately not only make the playoffs, but maybe even win a playoff game. All right, Brad, you tease us with uh, the over 100 win total bets. What are, what are some of the, some of the, uh, your favorites <laughs> that you'd like to share? Oh, wow. Uh, all of them? No, I'm kidding. Uh, there, there, there's certainly <laughs> some that I like more than others. I mean, I'll mm-hmm. tell you some of the biggest positions I took, you know, where I bet it multiple times. They change it like 10 cents on me, and I just rebet it, rebet it, rebet it. California is a team that I think is really flying under the radar. I bet them over four and a half wins. Um, and, and reason being is they were one of – I watched 61 spring games, and they were like one of those few teams that I'm like, oh, wow. I, I mean, I went in this thought process going into it, and came out with a completely different thought process. And what I saw was California finally has a playmaker at quarterback. And with the new offensive coordinator, they finally are running a more modern style offense that should help out. Defense has never been a concern under Justin Wilcox. So California is a team that I got in multiple positions on. Uh, there was, you know, a few other like group of fives that I thought were off significantly. My alma mater in particular being under five and a half wins. I thought that was off like a win and a half. And keep in mind, I think a half wins were 70 cents. So if you're off one and a half wins, I mean, do, do the math. I mean, can you imagine betting a, you know, a baseball underdog, uh, <laughs> you know, it's plus 300 and you think it should be close to even money. I mean, that's what yeah. uh, some of the value that I was finding in some of these win totals. Seamus McGee, lead trader for BetMGM, uh, came on our show recently and said a lot of people are betting on Colorado. There could be a liability, and I think we all kind of rolled our <laughs> eyes on this show. I'm curious, you know, what you're expecting from me on there in Colorado. Yeah, I mean, I, I liability on what? <laughs> National title futures? I mean, liability. <laughs> you me that? I mean, they're in the back printing money. I mean, on that, I'd take as much money as possible. I, I'd even... 
you know, entice people. I put another zero behind, you know, if they're offering 250 to one, I'd, I'd offer, you know, 2,500 to one and just let the bets roll in on them. Uh, no, I am not buying Colorado. And even though I have upgraded Colorado more than any team in the country in my power ratings, and I'm still not buying them. I just think the hype's a little bit out of control. Now, current prices are in a half. That sounds about right to me. Uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, some of the early numbers, they were like the first team everyone posted. Five and a half was posted. Four and a half wins was posted. And, you know, I, I bet under. I, I don't – even though I think they're the most improved team in the country, I think they're going from one win to three wins, maybe four wins. How much do you bet into, say, conference championships? And if you're looking for, say, some value there among, say, some favorites like in the Big Ten, Ohio State, Michigan, someone like that, or maybe, uh, you know, that second tier, perhaps in like the Big 12, Pac-12, something like that. Uh, when do you look at that more heavily? Yeah, it's an excellent question. It is something that I bet later, not necessarily late summer, but probably as I start looking at it now, they're getting more readily available. Uh, you know, a lot of people are always looking for that long shot. They want to bet a little to win a lot. Uh, I'm not that. I, I always look. I, I think for the most part, college football is pretty chalky. I mean, you don't believe me. I mean, look who wins these conferences year after year. And we had one year where we had some long shots winning it a couple of years back. But I, I tend to look for some of the favorites getting mispriced. And, I mean, if the, the market price on Ohio State is like plus 180, and I can find a random book out there that's going to give me plus like 200 or, or plus 250 even. Then, then I'm, I'm, those are the type of bets I'm usually making. I, I'm not, I'd rather just, if I think a, a team can, you know, maybe compete, I'd just rather bet their win total. If I'm that high on them, I'd rather just cash that ticket instead of, you know, counting on a, a Wisconsin or a Illinois or somebody, you know, to, to, to come from nowhere and be one of the big boys from the East. Oh, man, Brad, talking to you, uh, looking at some of these game of the year numbers already posted, like Bama, LSU, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame, USC. It's, uh, it's exciting. What about game of the year bets? Anything uh, you still value on, you wanted to pounce because you, you don't think those numbers are going to last? Yeah, I mean, surprisingly, a team that I faded a lot in the game of the year markets, and I, it's the first time I can say this uh, in the Nick Saban era, I mean, Alabama, I mean, I, I bet A&M plus 10.5, plus 10 against them. Uh, bet Auburn against Alabama plus 16. I thought, you know, a lot, a lot of people were betting Texas against Alabama in that week two game. I think anything above a touchdown, Texas is worth a bet there. So, first time, I, I have a multitude of anti-Alabama tickets. So, I'm not buying into the Tyler Buckner transfer. I'm not buying into no matter who the quarterback <laughs> is there. And uh, I just don't see it. They're, they're not buttoned up like they were for much of the – Nick Saban tenure. And if you watch from the last couple of years, I mean, even with the number one pick in the NFL draft as the quarterback, I mean, this team is fighting, clawing, and scratching in four, five, six games a year. I mean, I'm talking one possession games coming out of the final play. Yes, they lost a couple that they easily could have won last year against LSU and Tennessee, but they also won a couple games that they could have easily lost against Texas and Texas A&M. So now you remove the number one overall pick in the draft and you got an inconsistent quarterback. I just think yeah, if you're losing two games with Bryce Young, I think you're going to lose a couple games with Buckner or, or Simpson or Jalen Milrow, a quarterback. Mm -hmm. 
couple quick questions. Cal is now at five and a half at many places. Do you still like it at that number for the win total? Because I want a tail. I saw five out there. And then also, I know you mentioned you watched a ton of spring games. Who else impressed you that maybe, you know, should be on our radar that we aren't thinking of? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, I start off with Cal. Five and a half, no, I, w- I wouldn't make that bet. Uh, I would still lean that way, but I wouldn't. I mean, if it was, hey, that ticket's going to either cash or not cash at the end of the week, yeah, sure, but over five and a half. The fact that you're going to hold your money until the end of November, no, not worth it. So yeah. I will say shop around. Even even if it's just take a look at four or five books, you'll you'll find yourself a half win somewhere just by looking around. I don't okay. care if it's Cal's win total or it's Ohio State. So you'll find something. Uh, as far as something that surprised me, uh, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, I'll keep it at least at the top of college football. Michigan's mm-hmm. defensive line uh, surprised me. That not only the talent, but the depth, the size. I, I haven't seen, you know, outside of that Southern corridor, you know, the, the Clemsons, the Georgias, the Alabamas of the world, I haven't seen a team outside the, them that had a defensive line as deep as an experience and as talented as Michigan's defensive line. So that's one unit that really impressed me. You mentioned the transfer portal and trying to figure out rankings there as far as uh, incorporating that into your overall analysis. As far as recruiting rankings go, I know there is that time of the year when, you know, we almost treat it like a national championship contest because Alabama and Georgia, they're always up there at the top. But oftentimes these freshmen aren't playing for a little while. So when do you go back and look at, say, recruiting rankings from, say, like 2022, 2021, something like that, and start to incorporate that as those guys start to get more playing time? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, a lot of times it depends who's left from those classes at this point because uh, <laughs> there's so much roster turnover. But you're right. It's something more I keep, you know, I'm looking, especially if it's young coaches, I'm looking, or, or they're, they're at least young in their tenure, I'm looking for program trajectories uh, and looking more towards the future. So it's something that, that's more in the back of my mind. But one thing that is nice, though, from watching the spring games, and, I mean, half these are early enrollees, and I can actually figure out right away if these kids are going to contribute or not this upcoming season, I, I'm here to tell you, there's probably two, three guys in almost every class uh, th- that I've seen in for spring that, yeah, he's capable of it, not necessarily being a quality starter, but a guy that could be a, a good depth guy. So I find it across the board, these kids are so much advanced. I mean, especially with specialization, uh, going to, you know, the seven on seven, the quarterback camps and whatnot. I mean, it's just, it's, totally different than what it was 20 years ago where sometimes you do have praise i need to get in the weight room for a couple of years and maybe he'll be a contributor as a junior we're just not living in that day and age anymore uh we final minute brad uh caleb williams everybody's one one right now do you think nf he's so good that nfl teams are gonna be in tank mode and um are you buying into drake may as being the top guy yeah, I don't know if you. How do you tank in football? I mean, I mean, it's. I guess you don't prep, but I mean, you get out on the field, you get hurt if you, you don't try. Uh, I don't see mm-hmm. the tanking. Um, uh, here's what I'll say. I mean, I don't. I, I think a, a quality, you know, concession prize would be Drake May. I mean, I would take both those quarterbacks over anybody we've had in the last couple of years. So, uh, I think it's a really good quarterback class, even if you go five, six deep into the. Uh, rotation there so no I don't see tanking but Caleb Williams uh, I'd be shocked if he's not number one 
Brad Powers of BradPowerSports.com and Bet the Board Podcast, among many other ventures. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our lightning bets, our favorite plays for the night. That's coming right up here on the BetQL Network.